What's going on, everyone? I am so happy that I had the opportunity to finally make this podcast. This is my talk with David, who's one of the founders of Ponderware, which built Mooncats, and their most excellent community manager, uh, Anna Marie, who is, in my, my opinion, one of the best in the entire NFT space. If you follow me, you know that Mooncats were really my entry point into NFTs, and I know for a lot of you, uh, the same thing happened. When Mooncats went down, uh, it was one of those days that's going to live for the rest of your lives, right? As that exciting entry point into NFTs. And so super happy to have him on. We get into every detail about leading up to launching um, Mooncats, the failure of Mooncats, the rediscovery of Mooncats. It's all good. And the way they run their community, in my opinion, is really, it's the model for every other NFT project. They are just the best at it. So super psyched to have them on. I really hope you enjoy my conversation with David and Emery from Ponderware and Mooncats. Enjoy. Thanks for joining me, man, and, and both of you yeah. really, uh, for joining me. I, I'm excited to talk to David specifically about um, the rediscovery. Um, just to give you a little context, for me, the rediscovery was a really big deal for me. Um, Mooncats really, and I think for a lot of people who are in the NFT space right now, Mooncats was the catalyst, right? Um, so I think it's really, uh, it's an honor to be able to talk to you because uh, although you maybe were, but just by ha happenstance happened to be the first one, um, it created that buzz, which I think has changed a lot of people's lives. So uh, thanks for joining me today. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually, you released a YouTube video, I believe, uh, or a podcast right around the time of the rescue, describing your experience of it. Um, and uh, that was very encouraging. Um, you know, <laughs> your excitement about it was, uh, was contagious even, even for us. That's awesome. Um, can we go back to the beginning though, before let's start like early on, um, tell me a little bit about yourself and what you were doing at that, you know, when you were, be before you were making Mooncats, what got you interested in doing Mooncats and, and actually what was the process for you? And was it you and one other person or, or how many people were on the team who did Mooncats? Uh, so it was Jason and I. Um, at the time, um, Jason was finishing up law school in New York, and um, him and I um, met through a mutual friend, and this was actually around uh, the, the first real conversations we had about the space surrounded the DAO hack. Sure. Um, and, you know, that was something, you know, particularly for him as, um, you know, uh, soon to be a lawyer, like very, very interesting. All these questions of, you know, governance and what, what do these organizations mean and what does it mean to have a smart contract? And now there was this crisis and, you know, what is, what is consensus? What, what are all these things? And we had these great conversations about it. Uh, and, and over a couple of months, those, those conversations evolved and he, um, ultimately decided to um, come out and uh, we lived together for a number of months and you know tried to figure out something that we could do to contribute to the space to um, and you know we kicked around a, a whole bunch of ideas uh, most Wait, before which, I get into uh, full detail how is it uh, working with a partner because I've run businesses with my wife for two decades and it can be really really hard how was that how, how was that getting, I mean, you're living in the same space. So what it becomes, in my opinion, usually is your work 24 seven and every conversation devolves or evolves into work. Right. So how was that for you? Um, you know, uh, Jason is a pleasure to work with. We, we get on swimmingly, not oh, wow. that there was no conflict. Uh, what? But, get uh, out of here, yeah, man. Yeah, Come yeah. on, bro. That doesn't exist. Big, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, you know, honestly, um, it was, um, you know, I've, I've worked with a number of partners over the years yeah. on, on various projects. And uh, that was, that was the best and easiest. Wow. That's amazing, that, man. That, uh, that I've ever had. And actually, you know, moving forward, that's actually continued to be the case, uh, that's despite phenomenal. the odds with, with Ponderware. It is not, it is not normal. So congratulations on that. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys started on the, so you, were you kicking around ideas? Like how did it, how did it formulate like cats on the moon? How did that, how did that happen? Well, so, you know, we, we had a, had a whole bunch of ideas, you know, we wanted to tackle uh, a project that, you know, we could, we could do in a, in a few months and, you know, again, 
a, a whole whole idea behind the the project was you know just exploration explore what was possible do new things uh and you know i you know i don't remember the the eureka moment but uh you know we'd seen what crypto punks had done and we thought that that was very interesting the idea of blockchain based collectibles mm -hmm. and then at some point you know we just cats cats magic internet money the moon like what could what could go wrong it's it's the perfect combination yeah and um yeah and we you know i i drew up the first cat models and showed jason and like yeah i think this is it this is this is what we're gonna do i tell you it's it's actually um you know for the simplicity of the projects back then yours was actually really um quite complex which is uh, a nod to you are you the you're the developer then i take it were you the you and he was more of the maybe businessy side of trying to launch i mean were you looking at this as like a startup like as a business like the guys from curios were looking at it as like this is actually like a startup or were you simply building like i just you know my friend ken who did uh pixel map it was just like he wanted to learn solidity right so he was just developing this just as like to learn right or was it somewhere in between there yeah it was a it was a bit in the middle um we were interested in the possibility of it growing into a business which uh it eventually did uh though we weren't committed to to that i mean we we didn't put all of our eggs into that basket um because you know the space particularly back then was in incredibly uh, tenuous there yeah. were you know we didn't know what was going to happen didn't know how things would play out but yeah you know, we were always interested in, in continuing continuing in the space did you did you i mean you were aware of punks right um and even i was aware of punks so the punks like happened um were you aware of any other projects that that like oh they are they're doing something interesting or that was a neat one or was there anything at that time that caught your eye um you know punks was probably uh, i mean it was the only thing that you know of in the space of what we now call nfts that yep. we were aware of um you know most of you know it's like a, it's reflecting back on 2017 there were a lot of projects that you know never ended up bearing any fruit um a lot you know focused on on scaling and things like that but there wasn't much in the artistic space uh yeah. you know we had unfortunately missed curio cards we we, we yeah. weren't aware of that at the time um, nobody was cool <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no literally nobody was i mean it's just it, it's so it's it's amazing um you know these early pioneers how early they were and then nobody cared at that time right the t yeah. literally the timing was just wrong they were whatever four or five years early it's just just wrong timing um, well, same with you, right? Yeah. One of the things that we talked about when we had the fourth anniversary recently is like back in 2017, when David and Jason were working on Mooncats originally, the the term NFT hadn't even really solidified yet. No way. Mm -mm. Yep. Yeah, it was maybe digital collectible. I don't even know. I can't remember the podcast I listened to back back in 2017 and heard about crypto, you know, punks for the first time. And I was like, mm interesting but it did, it certainly wasn't and i i consider myself like forward leaning and thinking but it wasn't like oh gotta run out and grab some punks you know what i mean it was it definitely was not that um and i don't think anybody really felt that uh it was interesting cool what they did and people got the idea of it as like a digital collectible kind of like a baseball card but it's on the blockchain lasts forever i mean it makes sense and right now it makes perfect sense and and you know, the general population almost gets it now, which means we're, we're kind of reaching that, that tipping point. But definitely um, part of what I like to do is tell these stories and tell people the history of NFTs all the way back to Bitcoin and Namecoin and all those where it's like it, the, the future was not clear, right? And so people were working in the space just trying to move. And it's important to tell these stories as kind of a movement to what we currently believe or think about NFTs and understanding that that's probably going to change over time too. Um, you know, there are a lot of NFT maxis. If it's not on chain, it's not an NFT, you know, and it's like, well, okay, nice belief now, but tomorrow it might be different. Like let's move forward. Um, so what do you, so leading up to like the launch, tell me like what you guys were doing to like market it. I'm, I'm interested to know what was going on in the space to like try and get the word out 
for like come by my moon cats so um you know leading um so you know i was the primary developer uh but jason also um he's a and actually has since gone into the um, legal coding field. Um, and, you know, he, he did help uh, uh, quite a bit with the actual development. But honestly, leading up to launch, we were mostly just focused on development. We didn't have a marketing plan. Sure. Uh, and, you know, it shows. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of, hey, a lot of people I know who are building today don't have a marketing plan. They literally, it, it's the common theme among developers. Like, I'll just build a great product and it's uh, going to work. Social media? What's a project Yeah, I don't manager? need that. Like, well, I what, don't need to tell anybody no about knows. my product. <laughs> so you like, okay, so you push go on this thing uh, on that day in 2017. And what happens? Like, did, did you convince some friends to get a couple, basically? How did it work? Yeah, we talked to, you know, a couple of friends and, and people, people knew we were working on it. Uh, we set up the Twitter and the Reddit and made um, a tweet, maybe. And um, <laughs> I think we, uh, you know, made a, a small post or someone made a small post, you know, just a comment in the ETH trader thread uh, yeah. at the time, which was, hey, you know, check this, check this thing out. And, um, you know, then we sat back and uh, watched his interest mm, trickled in. Right. <laughs> yeah. And just for um, a, an idea of how the first week went, the first day there were nearly 500 Mooncats minted mm -hmm. and then about 400 the second day, about 200 the third day, about 40 the fourth day. Sure. And of those 500, uh, do you have an idea of how many were minted kind of by the same person was, was out of that 400, was it, you know, 300 were in the same wallet or was it pretty widely distributed? Do you know about that? Uh, I think it was fairly widely distributed. Um, you know, it's not something that we, um, investigated at the time, though it is something we could look back at now. Uh, yeah. you know, one of maybe I wouldn't call it a regret at all, but you know, we didn't mint very many of them yeah. overall, uh, but you know that was always part of the ethos of the project was the fair distribution model. Right. Everybody's got a shot, uh, yeah. you know, choose your cats. But um, I, yeah, I think there was a pretty broad base of a broad but small, broad. Base of <laughs> broad but thin. Yes, the um, like like Travis from Curio always says he's like. I was trying to sell cards. I wasn't trying to buy cards, <laughs> right? Trying to get the word out and um, very hard to do. Can you give people just the general, I mean, I kind of know it, but just the general overview about, you know, if somebody's hearing this for the first time, how the Mooncats, um, and they could always watch my video on kind of it, but it doesn't really go into detail, but how that generation process worked. Um, Cause I do think it's important. Uh, and a lot of people have pointed it out that, how Mooncats should take its place as this kind of generative um, collectible that, you know, you use this generative process to generate each Mooncat as the user basically, uh, you know, pushed go to search the moon. So can you talk about a little bit about how the Mooncat was formed during that transaction and how you developed kind of that system? Yeah, so it's actually the the fundamental process and what your browser is doing when you scan for mooncats is directly analogous to mining. Uh, you're actually, you're looking for a, um, a number that meets certain criteria and you're just running random hashes over and over and over until you arrive at a valid value. And it's actually, it's done, you know, very much in the same way. Um, we didn't do dynamic difficulty adjustment. We didn't think that the process of minting would take particularly long. Uh, it took several years longer than we anticipated originally, <laughs> but it, it's actually very much the same process as mining. Um, yep. The, you know, leading zeros uh, determine the, the essential difficulty of it. And, you know, that was something that we wanted to give people a taste of what the mining process was like. Then that uh, those valid seeds actually embedded in them a, you know, hexadecimal value that uh, represented the Mooncat ID ultimately when it was processed and sent to the contract. Now, today, and, you know, in case, you know, if this, this comes up with people, there's a major flaw in, in that system, which didn't come up, um, but you know, would highly recommend anybody attempting a similar system. Um, 
hash the values against the sender's address so people can't be front run. That was a ah. that was an oversight that we recognized um, shortly after deployment. Uh, as far as we know, that wasn't an issue. But essentially, if you submit a seed, right. um, I could grab that seed from your transaction, submit a transaction with higher gas, and try to front run you. Now with EIP, hence the reason I lost twenty five Mooncats on that day. Yeah, so <laughs> really, Ouch. really sorry about that. Um, it was, Hey, ta it's crypto, man. Tag it on the list of, of disappointments, man. If you don't have a long list, you are not in crypto. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's very high um, on the list of things that uh, would do differently. If, if interesting. That's super interesting. I did. I didn't actually realize what that was, but I did recognize that people obviously were putting in higher. I recognize after the fact that. Um, that was the day I learned what gas was. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So, and basically in that like long string of numbers, each one of those numbers or certain blocks dictate the, the style of the cat, the color of the cat, all those sort of things, right? Yeah. So each, so there's actually, um, there's five bytes. That, that form a cat ID. The, the first byte actually just determines if it's a Genesis cat or not. The second byte is all of the characteristics of the cat uh, broken down into, into you know, each, each bit essentially represents you know, um, characteristic. And then the last three bytes determine the value which is ultimately used to color the cats. Gotcha. Um, and you know, at the time, uh, Brooks Midnight Lightning, who was our most prominent community member back in 2017, did an excellent write-up and an analysis of the contract, um, which, which oh, cool. actually goes through. Uh, it's you know, it's still there on the original um, Reddit, and it's actually an excellent analysis of how the contract works and you know each each part of the process. Oh, awesome. Actually, Anna Maria, if you could uh, shoot me that that link to that, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. For sure. We we yeah. kind of laugh about it in hindsight, because to give you an idea of how big the Mooncats community was back then, this was a huge technical analysis, super detailed, six likes on Reddit. <laughs> yep. And one was from uh, his wife, his friend. <laughs> one, one was from Ponderware. Yeah. yeah and exactly. one was from his friend. And so, you know, four likes out in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Brooks. There is there is being super, super early. And that's what you guys were. Um, it's super cool. Tell me about the, the Genesis cats. And uh, that was that's actually pretty, you know, now it's almost looked at as, okay, this is a normal way of, of, um, kind of structuring rarity but tell me what you guys were thinking back then because i think it was pretty innovative well so we um you know we we wanted to make a little income from the project and you know at at the time um you know eth was you know i think when we started it was 40 dollars uh when we launched it was close to 200 um but you know we wanted to make you know some income and we wanted to balance the mechanic of you know like, like collecting income but also you know it was it was for everybody it was it was mm -hmm. everybody should be free to participate everybody should be um yeah able able to do that so you know we thought um you know about one percent of the cats was a was a reasonable number to sell and you know we would um gauge interest essentially by you know doing this pseudo bonding curve which you know we didn't know about bonding curves and hadn't that wasn't it wasn't on our radar but we thought you yeah. know like we, we didn't know that we would ever sell the the higher and you know at the end of the line they were you know five eth or so those were the most expensive in the in the final batches the which were never released we never we never got to those final batches right um and we thought even at the time you know we they, you know we're launching we're charging potentially five ETH for cats. ETH is two hundred dollars. Who's going to spend a thousand dollars on a on a moon cat? Um, but it was a very different time. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, actually, I'm I'm unfamiliar with uh, how that worked. So how did that work in 2018? Did you have to find the Genesis cat first, and then it, you would have to pay for it, or what was the mechanic for that? So we released the Genesis cats in batches of 16. And okay. the first batch of 16 um, were 0.3 ETH each. And each subsequent batch was 0.3 ETH more expensive than the previous. I got you. 
Um, but we never, and you know, this is like, mark this down as number two on things we would do differently. We didn't automate that process. Right. Um, we, cause we weren't sure exactly what the right pace would be to release them, but we intended to release them as more and more cats were rescued. Um, but we got a little caught off guard in, okay. in the end. So, so were all, so were any of those purchased in 2018? Were several purchased? I don't, I don't know this, the actual history of this. I'm unfamiliar. Um, so, you know, a number of Genesis cats were purchased in 2017. Sorry, 2017. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, um, you know, how many were purchased before the, um, the Renaissance? I, I don't know. Right. Uh, I mean, it's definitely knowable, but, uh, yeah, haven't, you haven't, haven't looked into it. it. You haven't dug yeah. in. <laughs> and I mean, I, I think part of the reason that David may or may not want to look at when the Genesis moon cat sold is there was actually a flaw in the contract in terms of the Genesis moon cats, because they were initially intended to fund Ponderware. Right. Um, but there was a problem. <laughs> so <laughs> I have we, heard about this, and yeah. so, but why well, tell us the story? Oh, it's a, I mean, you know, it's a painful, painful story. (laughs) Um, So we, we tested the contract extensively. We had a a large test suite for, for the contract. The one thing that we did not include in those tests was testing to see if we got paid successfully. And originally it was written and, you know, I still remember, I, you know, I still remember the moment, you know, Jason came to me about just a small section of code and said like, Hey, you know, why is this done? um, You know, this way. And I said, Oh yeah, you know, that does seem a bit obtuse, but let's just streamline it and do it this way. And that change, prevented us from uh, getting paid. And, you know, our, our tests, again, we, we tested everything and we were extremely concerned about, you know, that it worked for everybody else, you know, offers and requests and all of that. But we neglected to remember that it was very important to test and make sure that the funds actually went to us when um, Genesis cats were purchased. Uh, so when yeah. they were actually purchased, basically this went into a, a like a dead wallet address, or just it gets somehow like lost in the blockchain, basically forever. Yep, it uh, it gets assigned to the null address oh, and really? uh, becomes a part of the community for all time. <laughs> uh, part of the deflationary value of ETH. Fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> the community thanks you. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Um, Ouch. Yeah, that is painful. I mean, I had heard that and um, I had heard that and uh, obviously a um, bit painful, um, a bit painful. Uh, so basically, how many Genesis cats are there uh, in existence? There are 96. 96. 96 out of 256 that could have existed. Right. And you had, remi- remind me, refresh me if I'm incorrect, but after the rediscovery, there were a certain number left that you still had to release. Yeah. Now, this was a big deal because it was like you could release them and you knew you weren't going to get paid for it, right? So you knew that anybody who sent money for it, that money just literally vanishes into the ether, right? So you guys had a, a pretty tough choice here, right? And you put it to the community uh, for what to do, which I thought was uh, very wise. Why don't, why don't you walk us through what that was kind of like in your decision-making process on that and how it went? So, you know, we, we realized, yeah, I mean, you know, at, at first, uh, you know, I think particularly... I assume people with Genesis cats, you know, there was a lot of resistance to us um, from some parts returning at all. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, a lot of what, what they thought um, about like, that uncertainty would hang over the project forever if, if something wasn't done. Um, you know, what we, we didn't feel that we personally, like we didn't feel that we, had conflicts of interest uh, ourselves with respect to it, but we're very aware that uh, the door was open to conflicts of interest and, and accusations of conflicts of interest, and us, you know, just doing it self-servingly. But honestly, like we were, we were incredibly touched by just the excitement. So 
we wanted people to have fun. We, Mooncats was supposed to be a fun project. We wanted people to enjoy it, to you know, explore. And you know, the the brief window of mania where you know people uh, you know found the Mooncat project and just had tons of fun with it, and, and all of that was yep. just incredibly gratifying. And sure. you know, we really felt that we were. Um, coming in to that community and you know we we came in in this position where it's like we have this power but you know this community is you know that is formed so fast and so vibrant we need like we can't make this choice we can't make this choice on right. their behalf we have to we have to put it to them and you know for uh you know what it's worth um you know it was just jason and i at, at the time and we were divided on what uh, we excluded ourselves from the vote we didn't get to vote in, sure. the, in the process but uh yeah we even internally were divided on uh, burn the keys not burn the keys right yep and and so you put it to the vote i was actually i mean i i was torn on what to do um and because there you know these are the type of things there was no perfect answer okay you drop them the bots are somehow going to get them. It's going to be a huge gas war. Um, you know, is that the right thing to do? Or, you know, and, and I flip-flopped on it, I think. And I, at the end, I think I voted to burn. But um, I don't know if there was a perfect answer there or not. Um, the the only the only thing, I guess, it, the only people with the real dog in the fight were the other uh, Genesis holders, right? Because it would obviously af affect them um, directly. So in the end decided to burn right that's how it ended up yeah and i mean the the community it was it was a mandate you know it was two or three quarters three quarters yeah. voted to burn so it yeah. was it was an easy choice yeah I, um, I definitely think the nfts communities like certainty even if it's maybe not the best look nobody's ever going to be happy with everything it doesn't never doesn't work that way but uh certainty uh helps people move forward um but okay so walk me through like did you have any warning that this was going to happen or were you aware of the NFT space at all? Or it was just like one morning you woke up and then your Twitter was on fire. What, what happened? So, uh, it, uh, I, I was vaguely, very, very vaguely aware of NFTs. I, um, you know, I've been interested in Ethereum for a long time and, you know, I was following staking and developments and that's like pretty closely. Um, but I was not as deep in the space as, as I had been previously. So for me, I just, you know, Jason and I had, you know, lost touch more or less, you know, it'd been a while since we'd spoken and you know, I was, uh, watching tv with my wife and an email came in from jason and it said hey moon cats was rediscovered do you want to see this thing through <laughs> and, no <laughs> yeah. um, and i think it was actually brooks who wasn't a part of ponderware at the time although he is now who yeah. messaged jason and said hey all like 19,000 remaining moon cats just sold out in the last three hours. Yeah. Yeah. It was insane. I, I literally, I mean, if you saw my video, you know, I actually, somebody tipped me off early. It was like, that, that, that would have been a life-changing moment if I knew what I was doing and I had enough ETH. Like that would have been a life-changing, you know, quit your job, go retire on a beach moment. But I was, you know, this is part of the breaks, right? And, um, yeah, I, when I when I saw it, there were like almost twenty thousand mooncats left. It was like nineteen thousand nine hundred mooncats, and I, I I literally at that point in time, I got like five at that point in time. I was just like five. I was like, oh, it's cool. I actually tweeted the guy who who tweeted tweeted it, or I saw it. I wrote him back. I was like, boy, gas is like it's like fifty dollars each. Is this gonna be worth it? <laughs> And he wrote back. He was like, you know, wrote back with like this emoji or whatever. And I was like, okay, uh, you know, I don't know. So I'll get five. And then I went and had lunch and then like came back 20 minutes later. And that, and then it was down to like 9,500 or something like that. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, that's what it I went. Fast. It went absolutely bonkers. And then it was gone in 30 minutes. Right. It was like so fast. It was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so you get that email and then I thought your, your first tweet after the, um, after the rediscovery was the greatest tweet uh, in NFT history. Like they're still reconnecting <laughs> to the moon. That's awesome, man. Did you come up with that? 
Yeah, uh, you know, Jason, Jason and I collaborated uh, a lot and have, you know, continue on uh, on lore and, and things. And that was always a, a part of the project. Again, you know, um, it, it's something, and, you know, this comes up with the with the vote, the Genesis vote and, you know, a lot of the, the things and ideas and discussions we had around that. We're very sensitive to the um, the financial side of the picture. We know that people have invested um, their hard-earned money in into Mooncats, and you know we very much respect that. You know the maintaining and and helping create value, right? Uh, but we also don't ever want the project to become all about the money. It's uh, you know it's this uh, adventure. It's this adventure through the cosmos with these digital pixelated cats. It's something yeah. that, uh, you know, is supposed to be light and, and fun. And um, yeah, the, uh, you know, it was, I was, you know, getting that email. I, um, my, you know, my first reaction was like, shit, um, <laughs> uh, what do I do? You know, right. what, what am I supposed to, oh, do like, what like what's going on? I, you know, what, maybe, maybe not. And, and you know, um, you know, we ultimately, you know, I, I gave Jason a call and we we talked it through and decided like, hey, yeah, let's 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 pick it back up. Let's, um, you know, we both actually were um, trying to transition out of our our other other work, and mm -hmm. you know, this was a a perfect bridge. Uh, but yeah, the uh, I, the lore is one of uh, my my favorite aspects of, yeah. of Mooncats, and you know I think um, I mean if you, I'm sure you've been complimented on, and I'm sure Anna Marie was like, dude, this is amazing. But the text and stuff on your website is just so awesome, and um, you know I'm a I'm a copywriter writer, and I appreciate uh, how how difficult it is to do text like that. Uh, I'm sure nobody talks to you about text, but the writing on the website is so like it grabs it so perfectly this kind of like fun um vibe and uh you know congratulations on that because it's really hard to do it's really really hard to do um and i i do appreciate uh appreciate that so yeah i just it, it was so cool and and i don't think the nft run would be the same if it wasn't mooncats first um, for a lot of people, um, because I think it, the, so many things were right about your project, um, that it's difficult to even go into all the details, but the generative nature of it, the randomness, you kind of have to work for it, your computers mining, it's brilliant. And it's so, um, I mean, projects today would be lucky to have that sort of launch mechanism. Uh, and I'm surprised more projects don't copy it. You know, so many of these projects do just like a buy now, pick the number of avatars you want to get uh, mechanism. And it's like, wow, <laughs> you know, these guys at Ponderware were doing it right in 2017. What are you doing? You know, make it cool and fun and interesting. And so few do it. And I, I just, you know, the way you guys did it um, for a lot of people, myself included, it creates an emotional moment, a special moment, which is more than buying. It, it's a it's a feeling that's created when you're when that little you know uh, magnifying glass is going up and down on the moon, right? Uh, mm -hmm. It's a it's a vibe. It's a feeling, and I think the best projects are able to create unique uh, feeling moments, moments of in time when you create an emotion that's special. And I think you guys captured that. It's it's really brilliant. Congratulations. Thank Gosh, you. Gosh, David, it sounds like we're gonna have to do another generative NFT in the future. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i recommend that oh um, really appreciate all of that uh the you know um and and thank you for um you know giving a nod to the the text on the site that's uh you know something we we do work very hard at to make it you know fun and informative you know frequently we're actually trying to describe fairly technical things and you know lace it with that that sort of uh light-hearted accessible attitude and, and yep. flair um yeah. We are also, you know, we we are surprised that there are not more projects uh, that do releases similarly. Um, you know, we, I don't know that 
it ever moved forward. But you know, we had a um, you know someone reach out to us asking about that mechanism, and you know, if we would help them implement it, absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah. we would we would be happy. You know, and if there's there are any projects out there that are looking for that kind of distribution, like we'll we'll tell you how the system works. We'll we'll walk you through it. Like yeah. we think it's it's really great for for community building and and yeah, uh, experience. Yeah, I, do. I I agree too. I think it, it's interesting though with so many of these avatar projects uh, being released literally every day. Um, I think that actually brings up one of the challenges you guys face um, in this current environment, um, which is the idea of avatars, right? Uh, so many of these projects and what people value within the projects, uh, rightly in, in a lot of cases, is this idea of, of an NFT being able to symbolize you, right? Um, so whether it's a punk or an ape or whatever, I don't even know what my one of the day is. I got a, I don't know, a lion or something like that. I, I'm now I'm in the cycle. I just rotate mine. I'm just doing different ones all the time. But I, I, but that makes sense to me and to a, a whole lot of collectors, right? This idea of like this one that is valuable to me symbolizes me uh, in some way, right? Captures my essence in some way. And I think Mooncats has a challenge there with um, the cats aren't kind of of at first glance from you know a phone screen four feet away three feet away from my face don't create enough of that uniqueness like a punk does where that person who's the you know the person uh whose account you're looking at feels like this is unique enough for them right um as a unique i'm a i'm a unique flower right um so you know what's your thought on that and and i mean do you even address it at all or or are you just like well there's nothing it is what it is like curio in the same respect you know they don't even address curio is curio you know that's it sometimes people throw them up as as avatars sometimes not but it is something that's that's in the space obviously and and so i was just wondering what your impressions are on that and what your guys do you have a strategy or is it just like now that that's that and oh, we just sure. leave it as it is um, yeah, no, definitely a strategy. You know, um, one of the things that David and Jason thought about immediately when the rediscovery hit um, was this idea of how do we make moon cats that are visually identical somewhat unique. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I came on in May, one of the things that we talked about, like one of the first things we talked about was, okay, we're going to be launching accessories for our moon cats. How do we approach that? What's the marketing angle? Like, what do we do in terms of like telling people about this? And from we're going to make accessories sort of came this overarching um, concept of the Mooncats boutique, where you right. don't just get accessories, you can get backgrounds, you can get like full conversion mods from like, um, you know, one of the ones you can do is change your cat into like rainbow stripes, um, all sorts of things. Uh, we don't let people dress up their cats as Genesis cats because we feel that might right. be a little deceptive. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's great because people have rolled out like we have made, I think, six or seven accessories total in terms of Ponderware ourselves. And there's nearly a thousand items on the boutique. Right. And then once people have those accessories, um, not only do they show up on OpenSea, but we also have a photo booth that David designed where you can go in there, you can put on and take off any accessories that you want to show off. You can get uh, profile pictures in all sorts of different sizes for all different types of social media. You can get ones with borders, with different backgrounds, all sorts of stuff. So like if you have a moon cat, you can 100%, you know, customize it to the way you want it to look throw it up with a pink, you know, pink and purple background. And that is your identity as a moon cat owner. Very cool. Yeah. I, I, I like what you've, you've done there. I do. And I've said it many, multiple times on, um, on Twitter and so forth. Just, I think as far as founders go and your approach to community, it's top shelf, um, maybe the best in the space. Um, and I do appreciate, uh, what you've tried to do with the avatars and creating uniqueness, uh, each one's unique, right? But creating very easy to identify uniqueness um, is, was a, is a nice strategy. Um, how's the community responded to that? How, how do you feel like, like people have responded to that kind of effort? Um, I think uh, most people like it. There are some people definitely in the community that are like, I'm not really interested in dressing up my moon cat. Yeah. I'm just going to keep it pure. And like, 
uh, it's cool because there's no like division in the community. Like everybody is okay with, I can dress up my moon cat or I don't have to dress up my moon cat. Yeah. There's no like friction between like the two factions or anything. Yeah. Um, I, the, I, yeah. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, the thing that I love is like, um, in sort of these accessories has arisen like added mooncat lore from the community. So there is a um, pure black Genesis mooncat that has all of these Star Wars related um, accessories to them. And so wow. like people call him Darth Kitty. <laughs> these are the these are the nice little sub stories that uh, for sure, for sure. And like sure. the the sort of cats that look like Garfield, a bunch of them now own a lasagna accessory. <laughs> And so like, there's now a premium on top of like normal Garfields. There's now a premium on Garfields with lasagna accessories. Yep. And so it's cool. It's created sort of like this. If you want to have like a really storied moon cat, the, not just the coat colors, but some of the accessories and the stories behind them and why they have them have become part of the lore of that specific moon cat. Yep. And like, um, even names have sort of become part of those cats lores because, um, you know, recently um, Darth Kitty was sold to someone um, because the owner decided to turn around and buy a moon cat called Mr. Moo. <laughs> and Mr. Moo was the sixth mint. I believe David minted it. And yep. um, it was the first moon cat that was ever named. Wow. That's super cool. Yeah. It's, it's interesting from a collector's perspective, what collectors are going to value. Um, and I do like, uh, you know, people with older projects. Um, I think the ones I've seen done poorly, it's like they're trying to upgrade their old project to new stuff. And that doesn't, for most collectors, that's a turnoff. A lot of them, myself included, like to look at the older projects as, you know, a, a relic locked in time. And I want to lock that in time because I'm, that's what I value. I value the work that took place in 2015, 2016, 2017. And that's what it is. But then I appreciate also other people wanting to layer new stuff on top. Great. You know, because um, I do think that brings a, an evolving story um, to it. It's super cool. Tell me what else you guys are doing, because I know you are just super, super active about. I don't even know. I'm not tracking everything. But it's like <laughs> games. And do you guys have uh, like a reward token? I can't remember all the stuff you guys. Yeah, yeah, for right sure. Um, you know, so the the cool thing about Mooncats is like the community is um, not just like super loyal and super positive, but like they're also super motivated to build. And so, um, you know, there's isotile where you can take any Mooncat that you own and turn it into a 3D model and it walks around your room and it can um, be in that space with your other NFTs. Um, and then there was also the cuddle game, which is currently on pause, but should be coming back soon. And the idea behind cuddle is you pet your moon cat every day for a cuddle currency. Right. And then you spend <laughs> that, um, you spend some portion of that cuddle to feed your moon cat. And as the pet levels up, you accrue more um, cuddle from petting them. And so the amount of cuddle you have left over after feeding sort of starts to build up and you can either do things with that cuddle inside of the game or sell the cuddle as a secondary. Uh, so, so those projects were literally just built by community members. Just yeah. A hundred percent. Like, you know, Ponderware uh, was sort of involved in both of those behind the scenes. You know, we were doing a lot of the supportive work. It's a lot of, Hey, do you have questions for us? What can we help you with today? What do you need? Yep. Um, and so each sort of project has, has kind of needed their own type of support. Some of it's programming, some of it's marketing, some of it's just, Hey, can I bounce an idea off of you? And, yep. you know, we love shepherding those projects. It is really fun. I had one and this was early. This was like maybe within a month of the rediscovery. Somebody did like an AR experience. I don't even know if you saw it. Mm. Yeah. But he did an AR experience where you could put your cat. I think you put your cat number in. So your cat popped up and then you could, you know, use your phone and like place it in your living room. Uh, it's, it was just so amazing that that dude like just spent an afternoon or whatever or, or a day building that thing out. It was so cool. Um, and that's just the amazing things about community. What what can happen and, and take place just from people loving something and wanting to do more. Tell me about that. The one, is that one, the 3d one? Cause I saw that and I tweeted about that. Cause it was so cool. Yeah. You know, seeing that cat running, is that like one you would be able to put in like crypto voxels or, or, you know, 
How does that how does that thing actually work? So isotile models for the moment are specifically for isotile, but we are definitely exploring and looking at other metaverses. Um, you know, we announced recently that we purchased a a large plot in the sandbox, and nice. we're sort of working uh, with them and working amongst ourselves internally to decide what's going to go on that plot. You know, pie in the sky our sort of like dream goal is if you own a moon cat, you can bring your moon cat onto the Ponderware plot and sort of interact with them. Yeah. And how that's going to work is still a little fuzzy. Cause like I said, we're working with the sandbox, you know, we have a lot of ideas and it's just a matter of sort of like, all right, this is the idea that we're going to pin down yeah. and develop with. Well, it's so early in all the metaverse spaces that, sure. um, you know, it's so early and, uh, but you can see how, you know, in 10 years, it's not, it's going to be like, oh, you have whatever you have, whatever NFT you have. And it just shows up in the, you know, you just, if you want it to show up in whatever metaverse is the metaverse of the day, there it is in 3D, right? And and so yep. I appreciate you guys doing that work now to try and, and get the work there now, because it's hard to do. I mean, yeah. there is no, there is no super easy solution. And, uh, um, you know, the, the sandbox is just one of the things that we have on our developer roadmap, which we put out, um, I think at the beginning of August. And so right. like a lot of the things we do in the moon cat space, it is like very lower based. It's a little mysterious about, um, we've dropped hints here and there about what those items are on the roadmap. They're a little vague right now, but they will solidify into more explicit explanations as we get closer to them. Yep. Um, you know, we're, we're developing, we're actually doing an update to the roadmap this week because um, we are going to um, NFT NYC and we're actually going to have a meetup for Mooncat owners. Oh, nice. Well, I'll be there. I'll, I'll go. I'm going. Yay. To yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I, yeah. uh, one thing I just want to, you know, throw in there because it particularly relates to the history of the project and in talking about the, um, you know, the community involvement, you know, community projects building on it. And, you know, we tend to be, um, you know, so long as you're not making knockoff moon cats, we tend to be, you know, extremely supportive of that. And that was always, so, you know, I, I believe the original tagline, if I'm remembering correctly for moon cats was an experiment in user discoverable blockchain collectibles. And one of the further points of that, that it was like, a, if, if there had been a, a sub point would be also user modifiable. Naming was a very important part of it to us, um, giving people the opportunity both to you know, express agency in choosing which cats get rescued and which cats they want, but also getting to name them, getting to make a permanent mark on those NFTs. Now, yeah. especially as, as the market has evolved, you know, the making permanent marks on on things like taking your moon cat out of the package like that is uh, like very seems way too risky for most people and, and we understand that um the uh, but that's you know accessories was also you know in addition to helping with you know pfp concerns and and things like that was also just another major opportunity to allow people to create you know mm -hmm. enable people to um you know modify their creations and you know when um when they first released you know and, and often and people uh you know the, the community you know will ask us like you know well what does this mean for the price and they're like oh we're not, we're not the people to ask about that but uh you know like oh well you know will accessories increase moon cat value and you know, our attitude was like i don't know do a good no job. idea <laughs> zero <laughs> i get that question literally every single day i got i'm thinking about this one what do you think i'm like dude i have zero clue <laughs> zero and i mean yeah. it's it's sort of weird where i'm you know as as the community evolves we have people that come into the project that know a little less about the history but they still like the cats right. and so they come to um, me as the community manager because i'm the one talking in the discord all the time and they say well how much is my cat worth and i'm like well i mean i'm biased i can't tell you like, should I buy this accessory? One cat equals one um, cat. That's what it's worth. I'm, I'm biased. <laughs> I, I don't really feel like I should be giving you financial yeah. advice. Yeah, it's, it's and so, so funny. yeah, it, as as developers and enthusiasts in the space, sometimes we have to walk a bit of a tightrope to, to make sure that we stay honest. One question about the naming, because this is interesting. Like, you allowed people to name it once, right? Mm. Um, was that just... Were you doing that because you wanted people to feel like they could make an imprint on the blockchain and it stays there forever? Is that was that your thought behind that? Yep. 
um you know that's uh like you know again a lot of a lot of the project you know there were just bits of bits of blockchain technology woven through it like the the mining and and all of that but yeah you know, that part of it was you know we wanted people to be able to express themselves a little and also right. understand in a in a more visceral way you know, the the irrevocable nature of of most things on chain you know you don't you know mistakes are costly um <laughs> you know there's no you can't call us and say like hey i misnamed my moon cat uh do you mind switching that for me like i mean we'd love to but it's not possible and so if you if you name it caddy mccatface you know you're stuck with it <laughs> we we actually have time. one that is like the maximum number of characters that yeah. you can possibly name the moon cat and it like completely breaks the view in the adoption center if you oh, have it funny. up on the page that's so for fun <laughs> yeah. i think i did name a couple but um yeah it, it is um aha now we found the person who named katie purry <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one i'm not bright enough to do something like that but i yeah it's uh you know there's so much great stuff here it, it it was a real pleasure to talk with both of you uh to get more in depth and, and hear more of the history and more about just everything about Mooncats. Um, <clears throat> I have zero question that you guys are doing a great job and, and this is a community that's gonna last long-term because there's just so much uh, good vibes around this project. Uh, as I said, most people, this was their entry point into NFTs. And for that, for building that, thank you very much. Well, yeah, thank you for taking the time and it was a, it was a pleasure talking to you. Again, you were actually possibly the first YouTube video that I, that I watched about the rediscovery. And uh, yeah, it's, it's actually, it's, it's wonderful to have the opportunity to, to speak with you directly. Real pleasure. And uh, I definitely need to give a shout out to a couple of folks, including Justin and Vague Surfer, who were basically the, the two people in the community that set up the community prior to Ponder We're Returning. So you know, tip my hat to them. Big Thanks shout guys. out. Big shout out. Big yeah. Ups. I mean, we often, there's so many people involved in a lot of these projects, even before you don't, and they don't even get credit for um, being early and just doing it because they loved it. Right. And, um, and we're psyched. And so it's nice to call those people out. All right, guys. Thanks so much for taking the time. I really, really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. All right.